All right. Does everybody have their questions? 10 to 1 odds, Jonathan does not. I do. He does. Yeah, oh, look at that. He does. Look at that. I even popped it in a chat with us like four days ago. All right. I got to take my glasses Yeah, let's off. keep going. Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jordan Henderson, and I'm joined today, as usual, by Brandon and Jonathan. Do the thing. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, hey. Nice. Um, All right. And so this week, without further ado, we are going to go back to... It's actually been probably like a month or two since we did one of these. But as we know, we solicit a lot of questions from the audience. And and actually, people are very proactive in sending us things. I love it for what it's worth. I love when people send me questions on LinkedIn. I try to respond as much as possible. I used to guarantee a response. I don't think I can do that anymore. But, But... I love the questions. Keep sending them in. And once in a while, we get you know quite a few good questions. We can't really decide on what to do, so we decide let's do a whole episode where we just answer questions. It's a concept totally stolen from Scott Galloway, who I'm a huge fan of. Everybody knows. Um, but Office Hours. It's an Office Hours episode. And we got some questions. So without further ado, I'm not even going to go first today. I'm not even going to go first. I'm going to make <laughs> Jonathan go first. Jonathan. <laughs> I didn't right. really knew who was going first either. Yes. I, was just, I felt like I was the law school instructor there, like picking the student, like tell me about that. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Jonathan is going to lead us off with the first this week on LinkedIn question. Yeah. So I've actually got a good one and it comes from a family relative. So even better um, he was wondering as a sales rep, he's good. First, first I like, it comes from a family relative, not a well. strong start, a family. Relative. <laughs> 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 a family relative. As opposed to the non-family relatives. <laughs> there are some of those. <laughs> uh, anyways, the question I can't, but he's a uh, fresh out of college. He's a uh, new sales rep. He's at a company where he's maybe looking to move on a little bit. Um, and he had some, an intriguing question that I thought was good. And what are some signs he can look out for to ensure there is proper marketing and sales alignment at his prospective companies? I thought that was a great question. And what's the, what's the role he's interviewing for? SDR. Oh, SDR. Okay. SDR. Interesting. That that's really interesting. Um, Brennan, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I've, I've got a few ideas. Um, okay. I, I think ask him about, I, th- I think you can ask him about team structure, totally. just like org chart will give you a good idea of like how aligned they are. Right. Hmm. Do they have a CRO who reports to the CRO? Is it a CMO and a VP of sales? So, like, yeah. What, what is the team structure? Also, what does um, the SDR team, who does the SDR team report yeah. to? Right. So if they do report to marketing, that that just forces a little bit more alignment. It's not always going to be like if they have uh, SDRs reporting to marketing, it's guaranteed alignment. There's I don't think there's ever any guaranteed alignment ever Mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that's a good one. And then I do think look at look at um, if they are active and posting on LinkedIn, do they have a relatively clear and consistent message across the board, right? Like, are they getting that messaging from marketing or is it just anyone posts whatever the hell you want? Mm-hmm. I like that. Solid. 
I, I think the I love I love the asking like which do I roll which which department do I roll into right CMO CSO it's, it's a totally different thing CRO there's lots of places an SDR team could roll here they roll into me the head of revenue operations so <laughs> you never know um, which which by the way if they say like you're going to roll into the revenue operations team is probably a pretty good sign of alignment just saying yeah. um, but uh, the question that I think would be really meaningful it also I think would show that. You kind of have a deep understanding of the role you're walking into and what's important for your success in it would be, I would ask questions around lead flow. So if I'm an SDR, I, I, I would want to know, like, is this an inbound SDR role? Is this an outbound SDR role? Is it a hybrid in between? If it is a hybrid and I'm doing some inbound, what's the lead flow look like? Where do those come from? How do they get to me? What's the expectation of response time on those? Start to ask through those things, um, as well as then get into... Like, what are the expectations of qualified opportunities per month coming from marketing? And what are, like, what's the score definition, for instance, would be a very powerful thing. And if they sort of have all of that buttoned up from, you know, lead lead enters a form on paid social to qualified opportunity generated, it's a pretty good indicator that at least as it pertains to your role as an SDR, there's a lot of alignment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If if they come back with a, yeah, people fill out like a pricing request and we want you to respond within like two days. It's not a great sign. It's not a great sign. Like, yeah, or, or like, yeah, like, I don't know. The other piece is if, if you're an outbound, so that's if you do some inbound, right? Lead, mm-hmm. lead flow is a great thing. If you're an outbound, obviously you're not going to ask the question, like, how do I identify who I should re- out, reach out to? But what you can ask is, like, when I'm thinking of who I'm going to reach out to, right, and I'm list building for myself or, or whatever that's looked like, am I targeting accounts that marketing is also working? Like, start to ask those sort of ABM-oriented questions. Mm-hmm. To yes, identify exactly. if, if even as an outbound rep, you're going to be aligned. Not because typically <clears throat> SDRs will ask questions around, am I aligned to one AE or two AEs? Like, what's that pairing look like, right? Which is great. Should absolutely ask that. But also, am I aligned to marketing campaigns? Like, even if, even if they're, I'm not an inbound rep, like, will I be targeting, co-targeting accounts that marketing is also targeting? Because that's a mm-hmm. huge indicator of some marketing to sales alignment. Yep. Well, that's g- a good one. Going, going down that same path, like, Go even further. Ask them what you're going to be comped on. Totally. Right? Mm. Like, yeah. how, how am I going to be comped as an SDR? And I actually kind of want to know how uh, sales is going to be comped too. Right? Are you comped just purely on MQLs or meeting set? Or if you are comped on a little bit more down funnel metrics, the, the more down funnel you can get, the better, I think. Right? Um, so it, is it going to be qualified pipeline? Is it going to be pipeline at target accounts? That sort of thing means, yeah, your, your team is going to be just much more aligned with sales in general. Then the mm-hmm. last thing, last thing for your family relative. This <laughs> 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 is Jonathan's family relative getting an answer. Um, the last thing I would say is don't overthink this. The, mm-hmm. You can simply ask. Say, if you say, hey, I'm reporting yeah. to the CMO, you can simply say, well, I report into marketing. How well are you guys aligned with sales? Mm-hmm. Why not ask the question, right? Yeah. Like, yep. And if it's sales, say great. Like, what does the marketing alignment look like for the SDR team? If they, if if it's non-existent, they'll have a bad answer for you. If it's good, they'll have a good answer for you, right? And they'll go into mm-hmm. detail on what that looks like. People will answer that question. It also shows that you have a level of business savvy that's going to make you successful in that role. So, just ask the question. It's all, like SDR. You ask questions. Yeah. I love that. And I, I I think for for other roles too. Like there, there are other questions. Maybe you are RevOps, or maybe you're looking to lead this uh, SDR team. Other questions you could really dig into are things like, um, "How is the budget set?" And yeah. like, right? And and go in. I, I guess maybe you have to wait till you actually get to that company, but go into their budgeting tool and look at is sales and marketing like are uh, 
generally speaking, do they share the same budget or is it completely separate line items? Um, and how is that budget set in the first place? Right. But budget and goals would be the, the other one for mm-hmm. any role. Goals is super applicable, right? Like what are, what are the marketing and sales goals? And if they're fundamentally misaligned or you're talking to a salesperson and they don't know the marketing goals, that screams volumes about the misalignment of those two teams. Right? Totally. Yeah. The VP yes. of sales should know marketing's goals and marketing should know the VP of sales goals and, and they should be relatively well aligned. Like that's a pretty simple way to see it. If it's not from the, if it's not aligned from the top down and that like, where we started was like some SDR type questions, right? This is a you, anybody joining a company, whether it's marketing, sales, customer success, that is a question that you can ask, and you'll get a pretty clear sign of whether or not they care about revenue operations alignment at all, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, easy low hanging fruit. And I absolutely love the point of being able to ask the question because I think so many people when they're young in their career, they get so nervous to ask questions totally. and they, they oh. think they're going to lose out on the opportunity. Yeah. Oh, they're they not going to hire question. me if I question it too much. Yeah. Like you're an SDR. Your job is actually to ask good questions for yeah. what it's worth. Like I, I, I want <laughs> yeah, SDR totally. asking provocative questions. It's like that. That's great. So yeah. like ask away. I, yeah. It's amazing. Do you yeah, think, think your family you're... relative will be happy with his response? I hope so. If not, we'll do a round two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll do an episode titled Questions for Family Relatives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> I'm never going to let this go. <laughs> so, you know, I was just keep picking that over and over and over. Again. Uh, all right, I'm going to go next. Brandon, you have to wait till last. Um, so I, interestingly, we were just talking about this before we jumped on. We, we get a lot of careers-oriented questions. Jonathan started with one. Both the two that I had for this week are very careers-oriented. And I think maybe it's because we're listed in the careers section of the podcast. Like on Spotify uh, yeah. and Apple, we're actually in the careers section, which is kind of fascinating to me. I don't know why that happened, but that's, that's where we are. <laughs> um, so, sure, I guess we're careers podcast. Um, <laughs> anyways, question that I got is uh, I was offered a job, and in the interview process, they changed the title. It would now be a slight demotion from my current role, but I'm really unhappy where I'm at. What's your advice for taking new roles that are a step back in your career title-wise? I think happiness trumps all. So if you are unhappy, you get yourself happy over anything else, title, comp, whatever. Fair. Want to elaborate more? Or is that it? Is that all we're doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's a strong answer. I mean, get, get out. If you're not happy, if you're, if you're not happy don't be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's hard to elaborate more on that. Cause that's really the bottom line. But I mean, you can be careful. Like if you can put up with it a little longer and kind of be careful in your decisions and instead of just jumping ship to the first company that gets you, I think that's probably ill-advised to do because then you could be in the same boat again. Um, but if you have time, be patient, find the right thing and just get out. It happens to everybody. I would sort of, the only thing I would note on this is that anytime somebody is interviewing you for like a senior director role and in this process, they're like, ah, you know, you're actually more of a director. That's a pretty good sign to me that I'm going to be unhappy in that role too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I'm voting before you're even hired. Right. It's a pretty good (laughs) sign that I'm jumping from someplace where I'm unhappy and I'm just taking the next available thing. If I'm taking that without really thinking it over and I'm highly likely to be unhappy in that next role too, because demotions are tough, right? Like, and, yeah. and that is, they're already de- devaluing you before you've even started it. So, Wait, so, so, um, so this, they changed the title mid, uh, as mid. this. So it was actually a senior, okay, I senior manager and then they dropped it to manager is the. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, okay. I, 
I hate seeing this. That that tells me that the company doesn't know what they want. And that tells me that who knows if that's ever going to change again. Yeah. Like whenever I am talking with a company and they change the role on me, that's a huge red flag, mm-hmm. right? Like first, I want to make sure that you know exactly what you're looking for and that you have a very specific reason for hiring this person. Um, and then if you get full alignment across the board on that from everyone, right, that, that's what I do in my hiring process here, right? We get full alignment. Everyone knows exactly what they're asking for, it, what they're screening for in the interview. Um, and then we as a team make that decision. But like when, when I see that happening, it just tells me that like someone changed their mind or they never had alignment or some the hiring manager just decided to go out and start hiring. Yeah. Right. Like it's a big red flag. I think to me, it sounds like HR has too much control over titles and comp. That's usually yeah. what happens there. I, Cause what they're saying typically, I think you're right. Is, is they're like, well, there actually should be more in this comp range, which we can't make a senior because that would mean we have to pay them this. Right. Yep. They have like some firm structure in place about here's what directors get paid. Here's what managers get paid. So on and so forth. And so, they're switching that up to lower rather than pay you the higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Don't go to that company. If that's the case. <laughs> I get this <laughs> a lot, by the way, and I get it a lot because, and we probably have never really talked about this on the podcast, but but people probably know from from seeing my LinkedIn and whatnot. Is I, I I took a VP of sales job. I actually took my first VP of sales job when I was 29 years old. I accepted a VP of sales job, which I did for a year, and and totally honest, like. I, the team did good. They didn't do great. And I did not do great. And the, the reality for me was I was that teacher that was staying one class ahead of the students because I was 29 years old and the sales <laughs> team was mostly older than I was. And most, I literally would work all day and then I'd spend my evening reading and trying to learn so that the next day I was still ahead. Like, and so I was sleeping four hours a night and I was miserable. Team did fine. I did not. And so, <laughs> and so, so, so I, and I did that job for a year. End of the year, I, I sort of looked, you know, took the step back, looked at my career and was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not yeah. ready to be the VP of sales at a company. And that's fine. I'm 30 years old. I don't need to be ready right now to the, be the VP of sales. And I jumped to a senior director role at another company doing, doing revenue operations because for me, that made the most sense. It was, it was aligned more with my background. It was a role I was more comfortable in, but could still learn, lean into learning the skills that I need to ultimately be a VP and then, you know, so on and up the ladder. But for like, it wasn't that I took a step back because I was just unhappy in a job. I wasn't ready. And that's an important thing to recognize. If, if you're, if you're interested in leaving a role and if, if the reason is because you're just unhappy there, yeah, there's no need to take a demotion. But if you're leaving a role because you don't think you're ready or being successful in that role, first, evaluate whether I have imposter syndrome because that's super important. But yeah. <laughs> you know, when you get past that and you're like, I'm just not ready for this, which totally an acceptable thing. Like there's no shame in that whatsoever. In fact, I'm I'm quite proud of the self-awareness that that required. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, taking that step back in your career can set you up for so much more success moving forward, right? I'm so much better at what I do now because I did that like four years ago. And that, yeah. that's super powerful. And you got to be in the weeds more. Like if you jump straight to VP, like you just lost all that experience you would have gained working your way up to that. And and I have, because I was VP of sales and operations and I have the unique skill set. People always say you don't know what you don't know. I know what I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in the yeah, role. I absolutely know what I don't know, which means I know where I need to learn, right? Where I need to focus <laughs> my education. But aside from that, like in this scenario, yeah, I would not have, I, I'd call up that person and say, hey, like, 
Uh, I, I, I totally understand that you guys are, you know, changing the title of the role. I'm actually not interested in roles of that size. They have two options there. They can either move on and continue their search, which is fine, or they can go, great, totally understand. Let me go, let me get back to you, see if we can make it a senior manager role. I'd still be a bit of red flagged on that, but yeah. if they do come back a day later and they're like, yeah, you're totally right. We're going to believe it as senior manager. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. Hopefully that means they, they value you. Yeah, and, exactly. And, Right. So, yeah. uh, and I, I would also just, yeah, I, I see people that are just like so miserable with their current job that they just take the first thing that's available and then yeah. they're not happy there either. So I just want to warn this person against that too. Just w- wait, f- like if you can really wait for the right opportunity, there's a lot of opportunities this, out there this right per- now. This person totally took the job just for what it's worth. I mean, to that point, like being self-reflective too, because maybe there's some internal reasons they're not happy. Like, you have to you have yeah, to really understand. Like, yeah. don't always point the blame at something else making you unhappy. Really make sure what you're unhappy about is external and not internal too. Because that, that's you know, in this day and age with COVID and and all this crap going on with uh, across the pond, it's it's a, it's a different world out there. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's like if if you are leaving because you don't like your boss five times in a row, like what's the commonality? Yeah, yeah. it's you every single time. Yeah, you, that's a really great point. Am I the drama? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Good answer. Yeah, no, they took the job. But anyways, oh, okay. they, actually, they, actually did, they actually did the thing that I recommended, which was call them up and say, hey, I'm actually only interested in senior manager. And they came back and said, we'll make it senior. One more point I want to add is like, you don't want to hold too tight on your titles either. You, uh, you want to grow in your career first and foremost. So you want to take opportunities that will help you grow in your career, regardless of what your title is. And eventually the title will come. Totally. That's what I tell people all the time is uh, early on, you should be optimizing for learning and growth. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's it. And it's the people who optimize for money or title in the beginning are the people who are not going to make it as far. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I agree and I disagree because I think I think we put this up on a pedestal for everybody of like, you shouldn't be the person who cares about money or title. Like, nah, you should care some. People, like, feel uncomfortable saying, like, I want more money or I want a title. No, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable with that. You should absolutely have those in your priorities list. Learning earlier in your career is super important. But, like, your career earnings is absolutely impacted by how much money you make now and what your title is now, right? True. Yeah. And I, I hate I hate when people feel bad for caring about their title. Like, you should care some about it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not saying don't. Don't focus at all on that, but I think you should just optimize for the learning first, right? Yeah. Know your value. Like yeah. th- this, is, this is what I tell people that even currently work for me. I want them to know their value, right? So if that means they have to go interview at one or two other places and they come back and they're like, oh, you know what? I am paid pretty fairly here. Yeah. Or it's like, <laughs> you know what, Brandon, like I'm not making as much as I could, right? Like I want them to know their value. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I want to pay that person what I value them at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear so many times just from acquaintances, like they, they want to get after a certain dollar amount or a certain title, but they just, they just think it's like, it's going to come naturally. They don't really necessarily understand that they've got to have that value there. There's got to be multiple people out there willing to pay you that money or you're, you don't get that 
money. They, they talk to their friend who's work, who's making like 50% more than them who has the same title. It's like, yeah. we, we, can, we really can do a whole that. episode particularly on AEs doing that because they like, <laughs> oh my God. like most of it's variable and they never see it. And like, exactly. it's a whole, there's a whole episode around how that drives me crazy. variable compensation works and do what OTEs look like and what you actually make. It's crazy pants. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I I get super disgruntled about that. <laughs> I've had that conversation far too many times. I, um, I know, man. Anyways, I, I feel like we crushed that one. You're welcome, career advice seekers. Anyway, <laughs> kicking it over to Brandon. Question number three, and this will be the last one, actually, because I have a fourth one, but we're going to run out of time. So, Brandon. Uh, okay, cool. So I actually got this this morning. It was a reply off of a comment that I made on someone's post about uh, website uh, optimization and and copy. Um, so that person reached back out to me, messaged me, and said, um, "Okay, so here's here's my comment to the to the re- initial post is um, the biggest mistake I see people make is." not focusing on one main objective on their pages. That person reached out to me and said, I agree with that in theory, but sometimes it's not possible if you have multiple stakeholders involved. Each stakeholder wants to make sure the page supports them. For example, um, if we don't get enough clicks on the demo button, sales complains. If we don't get enough views on the video, the digital team complains. How do you balance (laughs) these competing priorities? And do you have any other advice on conversion rate optimization. Ooh, that's a weighted one. <laughs> and, and this is this is relatively <laughs> common, right? Like, yeah. especially for our homepage. There's so much going on on the homepage. You don't get enough clicks on whatever you have on your homepage. And then it's like you're focusing on that. And then all of a sudden this thing over here is not getting all the attention. And that click through goes down. It's like, yeah, what'd you expect? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead. So yeah, that's that's weighted, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's nice that every team is invested in the metrics that are performing. Like the digital team loves that their videos getting plays, and and the sales team loves that they get a demo is getting clicked. But I think at the end of the day, it's all an aligned goal of getting meetings booked. So who gives a shit if anybody's playing that video? <laughs> If you're not getting news, <laughs> this, this is my exact thought reaction to that question was, Jesus, this sounds like a bullshit response. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, go ahead, I mean, it's, it's all about a funnel. It's all about a sales funnel and you are taking the user down a journey to ultimately get a meeting book to show them that demo to get that business and anything else is just noise. What's the purpose of the video? Do we know? To get them to book the demo. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you want them to watch to get the them video intrigued. so that they will then book a demo. The purpose of the page is still to book a demo, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, There's actually total alignment here. If the, yeah. if the video getting watched is not leading to people booking a demo, Dave, our new producer, is our video guy. Dave would probably agree. It's a bad video. We should make a new one. Yeah. <laughs> the video <laughs> should should encourage people to book, hit the demo request button, right? Not It's not either or. It's both. No. It's the same flow. There's different people. Some people love watching videos. Some people are in an office where they can't watch videos because they can't have it play out loud, so they have to read. And you know, there's so many different scenarios that will make someone choose to read or look at your pictures versus watch your videos. Totally. But yeah, I, I just don't see it as misalignment. I think you agree on the end metric, and then you build the things going into it. Like I, I think, like in that example, I just cannot 
see why there would be misalignment unless the video's intention is to like create product awareness and it's on a get a demo page, but then you've just put the wrong video on the wrong page, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's actually what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> what the, so I, I think where this person is coming from, they work at a larger company. They mm-hmm. have right, they a, a digital team who mm-hmm. just puts a lot of energy and effort into video, and they only just focus on producing video. Of course, they're going to want their video. Like they're, yeah. they're probably maybe they're measured on video right. views, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah, maybe maybe there's goal misalignment there. Maybe their boss is saying you've got to get X amount of plays when they shouldn't be getting goals on that. They should be setting the goal with the team of meetings booked or squos or MQLs or capturing yeah. emails. Squos booked from pages with videos on them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like that, that's yeah. a better goal for your video guy than how many times has this been watched? How many watched? views? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's also is the metric you should metric. actually be watching or checking because if you're checking for like, hey, the goal is how many views are we getting? If you get millions of views, but the pages where the videos are, nobody's converting, you, you've created a huge problem for your business. You haven't created a solution for anything, right? You, mm-hmm. You've actually created a gap, an actual a blocker in the sales funnel entirely, which, which is why, to Jonathan's point, tie the goals back to the actual goal of the two teams together, the alignment goal, which is booking meetings. That's what that page is there for. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I do think there are different goals for different pages totally. too, though, right? Sure. So, right, like a, a careers page, obviously we don't, we're not trying to get them to book a no, demo. We're trying to get them to, to uh, we're still trying to get them to take an action, right? We're still trying to get them exactly. to so, a job. Like if we watch the video and apply, the video should be catered to that. Like, yep. yeah. right. Exactly. So the, the, the main takeaway is know exactly what the number one priority of your webpage is supposed to do. Align around that, define that in the beginning. Yeah. And then you can actually roll that out, start testing your different elements and whatever. Um, and yeah, just get that agreement in the first place. So whenever, one of the big things that I did when I uh, joined here, which everyone loved is every campaign, every project that I do, I always start out with a campaign brief Mm. and it outlines exactly what this is supposed to do, who's doing what, the timeline. And for web pages, I include things like the objective, the hypothesis, the method that we're going to use to test the metrics that we're measuring and success and failure criteria. And then I define how long we're going to run that test. And then after that, we go, look, did it meet our success criteria? Did it meet our failure criteria? Do we need to run more tests? Right. And that's the approach that I think you really need to be taking on web pages specifically. Totally. I think, I think you want to dig into the why. So I think, I think in this scenario, right. If if I'm talking to say Brandon, let's say you've made a video that you want to put on a page and, and you're, you say, and I'm like, let's set goals for what's going to happen on this page. Right. We need to set a goal one goal. Mm-hmm. And I say, I want demo clicks. And you say, I want video watches. Why is that important to you? Right? Why is that important to the business? And, and the reality is exactly. your, your answer to that question is typically going to be something like, well, if people watch the video, they're more likely to take a meeting with us. Okay, cool. Then the goal isn't actually exactly used, right. The goal is actually to get to the meeting. Like you just got to unpack past that tertiary, like vanity metric and get into the real metric. Yeah. And, and so many times you'll see, especially on websites. So you got a question, what's that creative director doing? Is he more worried about the prettiness of the website or the conversion rates on the website? Because oftentimes you'll see it's either one or the other. Usually we'll either, you'll either <laughs> yeah. make a very pretty website that does terrible at converting, or you'll have a website that's maybe not as pretty, but does awesome at converting. And you've got to find that balance between the two, because if you're too far on one of the, like I'd rather be on the converting side personally, but if you're too far on the design side, then 
Yeah, it's an uphill battle getting conversions across the finish line on a website. Uh, yeah, totally. Th- I mean, when I got my start in conversion rate optimization, this this is a long time ago, 12, 15 years ago, when I was doing just a lot of copywriting and everything. Um, one of the things that they say is, Ugly outperforms pretty, mm-hmm. and it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and this is this is when you saw a lot of those pages with like huge chunk of text, highlight, circled in red, <laughs> italicized, bold, green right? check this, marks. Yeah, I agree exactly. <laughs> green check marks, and and copywriting that always outperforms because what matters on the page is the words, mm-hmm. right? The, the design doesn't actually matter as much. And I was actually talking with Dave, our producer uh, earlier about this. And he's like, yeah, but can't, can't they just like appreciate the, the design? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no. And, and, and Dave's like, yeah, but like what, what matters in the end? It's, it's the conversion. Dave, yeah. Dave's first day of producing, he's gotten called in so much. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. I think, I think we've, I think we've uh, sort of beaten that one into submission at this point. Um, anything else? We, we crushed all the questions. I mean, <laughs> we did okay. The family relative one was probably, <laughs> but, but sure. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we segue? Let's do it now. No, nope. we're good. All right. There it is. I was waiting for you to get past the nod. You got the actual, <laughs> I saw the head shake. No, which... I wish you could hear my head shakes. <laughs> we need to put a bell on you. <laughs> bell on um, you. <laughs> Um, all right. So this week, before we before we jump off, there's a there's a thing that I think uh, worth acknowledging. We are recording this the last week of February. We'll release it next week. But uh, it's been a it's been a really tough and pretty tragic week globally. A lot of people in Ukraine are going through a pretty unimaginably difficult time right now. So I, I guess I just want to encourage our listeners to to take care of themselves. You know, there's charities that are helping out right now and doing lots of things. If you can, you know, participate, help out there. Everybody probably knows a couple people that are impacted or their family members are impacted. Make sure people are taking care of themselves and, and you know, be mindful of all of it. There's a lot going on and just our, I hate the like thoughts and prayers thing, but man, my thoughts and prayers are with the people in Ukraine right now. It's, it's, yep. it's tough. And so just want to encourage everyone in the listeners audience, if you've got charities, if you've got the ability to help somebody out, please do. Uh, it's a really tough time right now for a lot of people. Um, and with that, we will segue to a casual close. Send us everybody, send us your this week on LinkedIn questions and uh, give us five stars on Apple and Spotify if, uh, if you like it and you're still here. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We love you, Ukraine. <laughs>